Hey guys, and welcome back to the Image Junkies podcast, the podcast for news and documentary filmmakers, cameramen, editors, producers, directors, you name it. We try and speak to everybody here. So today is a bit of a weird one in that it's just me on my own and it's going to be a short one. And I wanted to address one of the questions I get asked most often, which is what kit I use and why. Now, I'm not really a a big tech head. I try and keep on top of how things are developing, but I'm certainly not a pixel peeper. And I'm not one of these guys who can talk in depth about camera specs and so on. So do bear with me. This is just a sort of Uh, I guess a a layman's chit-chat about what I'm using and why. Oh, and by the way, there's a load of kids running around outside my bedroom door as we speak. Um, So apologies in advance if you can hear screaming and shouting. Sunday afternoon, and this is the only chance I'm going to get to record the podcast. So you're just going to have to bear with me. So for those of you who don't know, um, I'm a video journalist uh, or a digital video producer, as my technical title is called. And what that means is I basically work solo 99% of the time, making news features essentially, sometimes slightly more longer form stuff, and now and then working with correspondents to do an on-the-day news piece. But generally it's sort of news features sort of between the 90-second and five-minute mark. Um, I'd say that pretty much covers the majority of the films that I make. Um, I work for a large international broadcaster, and for many years, I was a traditional news shoot edit. So I used to work with a producer and with a correspondent doing mainly on-the-day news stories. I used to travel a lot, uh, based out of London and Johannesburg, where I am now. Uh, and it was fantastic, and I loved it. But uh, the opportunity came up to make the transition. And I'm not the sort of guy who wants to stand still and rest on my laurels and keep doing the same the same thing for my whole career. So I moved over and when I was working as a cameraman, I was using the big shoulder mounted cameras. I started off using, uh, if memory serves, a DSR 500 DV cam tape and editing onto Beta SP from DV cam to Beta SP for transmission uh, when I was at Northwest Tonight in Manchester. When I moved to National News, I started editing uh, from DV cam to DV cam Uh, The old, I think it was DSR-70Ps, if anyone remembers them. The joy of punching a jog shuttle button as you're you're racing to finish an edit with only seconds to go and a a live playback into the program. Um, So that was fun and I enjoyed that. And then eventually um, we moved over to digital and I was allocated a PMW 500, Sony PMW 500, which I really, really liked. It took a while to get the settings right. I found it a bit cool uh, or a bit yellow at the beginning. But once I'd sort of played with the settings, uh, I I really liked it. I thought it was a great camera. And I used to work with a a Canon, oh, I think it was J14. It was a 4.5mm lens, as I recall. Um, So very, very wide lens, um, which was fantastic. And then when I made the transition to being a video journalist, I had to get rid of all of that because there's literally no way you can carry that stuff and work solo and try and produce and everything else. And believe me, I did try. I tried it for a few months. I just about made it work, but it wasn't fun. And I think I was so desperate to hang on to that kit um, that I I missed an opportunity to move sooner to the small cameras. And and once I did, I was really glad that I had. What, What I feel I maybe missed in the versatility of the zoom lens 
and uh, and you know the steadiness of the camera and the various microphones in microphone inputs. I feel I made up for in just freedom of movement, ability to move quickly, ability to jump on a plane with just carry on, and the ability to be more intimate with people as well. To be able to just sort of go into people's houses and start filming without having to drag five boxes in with me. So so that was sort of the motivation for my change and, and also I didn't have the option to be quite frank. Now I was given a budget to choose my own kit and for various reasons including the low light sensitivity and just because I had friends who were using it I, um, I put in a pitch for an A7S and it was initially rejected as not being a broadcast camera but my job is mainly for online these days and social media platforms and I was able to put a good case forward in the end that actually the A7S was more practical for me um, and also the fact um, that I would be working undercover a lot which wasn't totally true if I'm being honest but it was you know it tipped the scales in my favor and so I was able to purchase a Sony A7S now this was about three years ago and I'm still using it it's the Mark 1 and it's, it's a good camera. Um, I've fallen out of love with it a little bit, and I'll explain why shortly. But it is a good camera. I've been using it with the um, 18 to 200 lens, the Sony lens, which is an APS-C uh, size lens. It's the power zoom. It's not really the best lens to be using with it, if I'm being honest, but I had a very limited budget, and that seemed to cover me for you know both the wide and long end of the lens. Now the problem with that is once you've got a, a variable ND filter on and you're zoomed in at the long end of the lens it looks absolute garbage. So if I had the money again I'd probably just get a cheap wide angle and a cheap longer lens uh, and maybe spend a bit more money as well on decent ND filters which I still don't have. I've still got sort of cheap variables which you get a sort of crosshatch look when you're zoomed in uh, with the variable ND filter in. So my advice would be spend money, get a really decent variable ND filter and probably maybe get two lenses instead of the, the 18 to 200 that I've got. But saying that, no complaints, it's got me through three years and I like it. But I have just purchased the 10 to 18 mil Sony lens and I fucking love it. Uh, sorry for swearing. It's so wide. Um, it, but it's not fisheye, it's like, it's almost that sort of field of view, but it doesn't look too distorted. It looks good, it looks nice, the autofocus is great, working with the, well, mainly with the A6300, but it seems to work pretty well with the A7S too. Obviously, there's a crop factor on the A7S because it's, um, it's built for the APS-C sensor cameras like the A6300. But the 10 to 18 mil Sony, it works well on the full frame camera too. You know, no problem. It's still wide enough, still very, very wide. So that was a good purchase. I've been pleased with that. And then the only other lens that I have, I've got a 50 mil Samyang that's actually for a Canon camera. But I've got a an adapter that means I can run it on the A7S. Um, I can't remember the name of the adapter right now and I don't have the kit with me. But it's a cheap one. I got it off Amazon for about £70. So I didn't go for a Metabones or anything like that, which was about six times more expensive. And frankly, for that lens, you don't need it. It's all manual. It's, um, would the word be clickless? I'm not sure. But, you know, like a video lens where you just turn the aperture and it's smooth. There's no, there's no clicking between 
um, you know, between the different f-stops. So that's a really good lens. And I use that a lot for sit-down interviews. Got very, very shallow depth of field. It's a very fast lens. Off the top of my head, I think it's like 1.4 or 1.8, you know, something like that. But you get that fantastic depth of field. The problem is with the A7S, the A7S body doesn't have built-in stabilization. And that lens isn't stabilized. So for handheld work, it's a bit of a pain in the ass, to be honest. But it works really nicely on my A6300, which does have the built-in stabilization. It, it makes it a longer lens. There's a crop factor. Um, but it looks great. It's fantastic for interviews. I've used it quite a bit on my A6300, which is my new backup camera, which I'll talk about in a moment. Um, and yeah, I highly recommend it. It's a cheap lens. That Samyang cost me about $300, I think. I ordered it from B&H. Again, you need a variable ND filter with it, or at least some ND filters anyway. But very, very nice lens. Good to have in your kit for sit-down interviews and the like. Then other things that I've got, people are always asking what I do for audio on the A7S. Well, I use the, um, the Sony XLR K1M box, um, which is essentially a sort of mic input, two-channel mic input that sits on top of the camera. And the reason I specifically wanted the K1 rather than the K2 is that it's got a flying lead, which means I can mount it on my, uh, on my rig slightly to the right off center and then I've got a cable that then connects it via the hot shoe where the where the mic input is on the hot shoe um, which is which is great it's worked really well I've not had any problems with that touch wood except losing the wind the windshield for the for the built-in top mic which has been a bit annoying but it's great now problems with the mark II of that the the k2m are that it will only mount directly on top of the camera directly into the hot shoe which for me, I don't know, it just looks a bit awkward. Uh, it kind of gets in, looks like, you know, I haven't used it, but from what I've seen online and what I've heard other people say, it's kind of an awkward place. It gets in your way a little bit. Um, and that, that lead that allows me to put mine off center, I think is really useful. Now they don't make the K1M anymore. So if you want that, you're a bit out of luck. Um, but you can probably pick them up for a good price secondhand, I would have thought. And then mics with that, I just have a very basic Sony radio mic package, uh, which is the Sony UWP-D11 wireless kit. That's a transmitter and receiver. Again, I don't actually have them with me, so I can't go into too much detail. Uh, but they seem to work fine, um, that you can plug those in either via XLR through your XLR kit, the, um, the K1M, or you can take that off and just plug it directly into the hot shoe adapter you can plug the receiver straight in. So if you want to have a smaller profile and not have your big top mic on top of the A7S, you can just plug the radio mic receiver directly into the camera's hot shoe. So that's really, really useful. That also works with the A6300. Both of those bits of audio kit, the radio mics and the XLR box, both work with the A6300, which is really good news for me. It means I can carry both cameras if I want to, or I can just carry my A6300, which is my own camera actually. So I'm always wary of using that in rough places in case I get it broken or, or stolen as, it, as that money will come out of my own pocket, not my employers. But now that is a fantastic camera for the price. I think I paid just over a thousand pounds, including the kit lens, which is the, the 16 to 50 Sony. 
and it's absolutely brilliant. I think the picture quality straight out of the box is better than the A7S. The autofocus is better, in my opinion. Now, the only drawback is people say, oh, yeah, but there's no mic, uh, sorry, there's no headphone input. Now, that's 100% true. There isn't a headphone input, but there are ways around it. One, the thing that I do is most of the time I'm using a radio mic, and most radio mic receivers have um, a headphone jack, place to listen to, place to monitor the audio. So I usually just use that. I, I just plug my headphones into the receiver on the uh, radio mic and that's fine and then a colleague of mine um, has told me I haven't worked out how to do this yet I've just ordered one to try it out you can get mini HDMI to uh, oh I've not saved it let me let me quickly check what that is it's a mini HDMI to I'm just going on Amazon as we speak because I've literally just ordered one so let me check that for you to VGA, mini HDMI to VGA adapter. Uh, and what that does is that then has an audio output, a headphone lead, headphone output. So it's a bit of a roundabout way, but I know two colleagues who have used that now. I don't know specific models. I've actually ordered two and I'm hoping one of them will work. Um, they're only cheap, they're about eight pounds, so it's not the end of the world. Uh, you plug that into the side of your camera and then you can plug headphones into that. So you can then monitor your audio straight out of the camera, which seems like a great hack. Um, in fact, I think it was Nick Garnett who told me about that. So thanks for that, Nick. That was very good. I'm looking forward to trying that. But like I say, in the short term, I just use the, uh, the monitoring on the, on the radio mic receiver. Okay, so main thing with the A7S and the A6300 as well is you want to carry shed loads of batteries. I think I have eight in total between the two cameras and two battery chargers with it. And I tell you what, you need it because you burn through them very, very quickly. On an average day where I'm filming, uh, oh, it's, hard, it's hard to say what an average day is, but let's just say an average full day of filming, I'll probably get through five of those batteries, something like that. So that gives you an idea. And you know, not you can't always charge overnight, so hence the fact you need some more. Tripod. Well, again, cheap and cheerful. I've got the Manfrotto MVH500AH. It's a very lightweight Manfrotto tripod, but it's fine for what I need. I only really use tripods for sit-down interviews and the odd, the odd landscape shot, if I'm being honest. Most of my work is handheld. I like being handheld. I like moving around, and I find tripods just slow me down and get in the way. I had a monopod for a while, which I liked. Um, problem with that is I can't rest my camera on it during interviews and let go, or at least not without a bit of a risk. So, you know, I may go back to a monopod at some stage, so we'll see about that. But for now, I've got the Manfrotto MVH500AH. And then, like I say, some cheap and cheerful variable ND filters. I've got a Rode reporter mic, but I never use it. Never really had a need to. Uh, in fact, I've taken it out of my kit bag now. And then that's about it, really, to be honest. That's sort of the, 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 the general basic kit bag. And then other stuff that I've got, I've got a DJI Osmo. I was a bit of an early adopter with that because I had originally a Nebula 4000, which Dan Chung had recommended. And it was brilliant. Loved it. But, you know, the problem is with what we do. It's news. It's documentary. It gets a hammering. It gets dusty. And, you know, it started just going funny and it wouldn't stay 
straight and it would sort of you'd find your hand twisting further and further around while trying to keep the shot straight so I ended up having to replace that and I got very excited by the DJI Osmo and in fairness probably prematurely excited because actually I've never really been that happy with the picture quality I've just got the basic camera with it I haven't upgraded to the whatever it's called Zen Moose or something um, maybe that would help but yeah, the DJI camera straight out of the box, I don't find that great. It's handy. I love the fact that it's got a built-in camera and I'm not having to balance a, a, a camera on it. But yeah, I've not been that impressed with picture quality. I brought some ND filters for it, wondering if they might help. So I wasn't having, you know, the shutter speed wasn't changing so much. But uh, they haven't really helped that much. And maybe I could get better results from it if I spent a lot more time practicing and playing with settings and so on. But frankly, I can't be bothered. It's okay. I use it when I need it. Um, but which isn't that often, really. I'm trying to use it less and less. I'm looking to buy a new gimbal. I'm looking at that Zhiyun Crane V2. So if anyone's got any tips or advice, please do tweet me or message me on Instagram. I'm at Image Junkies with an I-E-S at the end, all one word. So yeah, send me your thoughts on your kit and what you're working with. I'd love to hear. Um, in terms of other bits and pieces, I've got the Zoom H4n, which I'm currently recording this on. haven't used it much in anger because I haven't really had need to. I just use it for recording this podcast. But, I mean, it's a classic bit of kit. It's very well made, um, very well respected in the industry. A lot of people use them and like them. It's a little bit big, probably, for me to use professionally with my small rig. But it's worth having. I also have a very small Marantz with a mini jack input which I actually use much more because that just fits in my pocket. And if I need a second radio mic, I can plug it directly into that recorder and then sync up the, uh, the two radio mics in the edit using Final Cut Pro 10, which is my edit system, FCP 10. I've got a few tutorials on my YouTube page, if you're interested. Just look up Image Junkies FCP 10 editing tutorial or editing for news. Um, and that will give you a bit of an idea about how I edit using Final Cut Pro 10. My editing um, has become much more, what would be the right word? Uh, you know, I like to fuck around a lot more with graphics and effects and things now than when I made that tutorial. But it'll give you the idea. And, you know, if you're a news cameraman or news editor and you're making that transition, transition to FCP 10, you might find that quite useful. So in terms of other gear I'm just trying to think I think that's about it to be honest that gives you a bit of an idea as to what I'm using and why like I say I'm not a pixel peeper I can't go into great detail about the image quality beyond it's okay or it's shit or it's brilliant you know I'm not that guy who over analyzes um, you know I'm just the guy who says yeah it works for me or, or it doesn't and frankly all these cameras work for me could they be better yes I'd like um, some better full frame lenses for my a7s um, but I get by, you know, feel free to check out my website, imagechunkies.net, for examples of my work. And like I say, let me know what you're using and what kit you've got and what you would recommend I look for. And if I do leave my employer at some stage, um, I'm very, very keen on the idea of just building my whole rig around an A6500. I don't know what you guys think to that, but do send me your thoughts on that because it just looks like you you know, it's such a great little camera in such a small package. I kind of think, why why spend a fortune on a massive camera? I'd probably be interested to get that with a 
with an external recorder, you know, 422, 10-bit, all of that stuff, uh, and just play with, you know, keep with the small cameras, which is kind of my unique selling point, I guess, which is the ability to, to work with small cameras, work solo, and still get decent results. All right, guys. Well, look, thanks a lot. Thanks for listening, and I'll try and get you some more guests soon. Um, the next few weeks are going to be a bit hectic, so I've got a baby on the way, baby number two. Uh, so do bear with me. If you want to be a guest on the show, drop me a line because I would love to interview you, I'm sure, as long as you work in the industry and you're not a nutter. Um, All right. Take care. Bye-bye.